Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 62 of the Home Ice Advantage. We're here. There's been a lot going on. We wanted to wait for um, matchups and stuff. We've got games tonight. We'll go over our predictions, but let's go over really the only game that mattered Boston in Carolina loses 3 2. Um, what are your kind of instant thoughts? I don't think there's too much to review about the game. I think we were way better than them. Um, there are a lot of people who were like, oh, like it was decided by one goal. It really wasn't. They, they had an empty net for like four minutes, and the only reason they scored was um, Brady Shea broke his stick, which we're going to circle back to later. So I, to me, it, it, the, I guess it was like technically a one goal game, but from watching it, it was another five two game. Yeah, uh, also very importantly, there was like the Hurricanes played the game they were supposed to play. There was one power play all game, and it was because of delay of game, puck over glass. Like, come on. Well, and I think, and this is something that people have talked about where. Because there were a lot of penalties in the game that just went uncalled on both sides. Um, there were a couple trippings I didn't love. There, were, I mean, and, and I don't want to dwell too much on it. This is one of those things where people like, and this is where I try to stay consistent. Like Brendan Smith definitely elbowed Pasternak in the head. Like that's a penalty. Oh, yeah. They didn't call it. Charlie McAvoy definitely slew footed. That's a penalty. Didn't call it. Um, you know, to be honest, I'm not surprised they didn't um, suspend Brendan Smith. But I think if this was a game in December, I think he probably gets a game for that. Um, so I, it really felt like we got five games of of calling everything, and then that just stopped. So I actually don't know what to expect going into game one. With the Rangers. Yeah, which is something that Toronto is also saying. So, yeah, I mean, they got hosed in a way different way. Um, and we'll I'm touch on that when we go to the series. We what, got were your takeaways? Host, but... what were your takeaways from the uh, from game seven? I mean, I was, I was confident the whole time. Uh, takeaways here were like, good job, boys. Like, um, I'm really proud that they kept their emotions in check. Actually, perhaps the most underrated thing of the entire game is uh, Tony Angelo gets uh, back-checked. I mean, cross-checked behind the net. And Vincent Churchick doesn't like it. Something then starts getting into a problematic territory where a penalty could be called. And here comes Tony D'Angelo. The king of I don't care what my emotions. That's actually a great example, by the way. And I, I hate to cut you off because Tony got obliterated, and then uh, Trocheck came and basically gave him a little kiss on the back of the neck for for going after Tony. I don't remember who drew the penalty. It might have been Forbert. I don't remember, um, but like that was called. But also they missed a very clear elbow to the head and a very clear slew foot. Like you could just tell. Uh, that and that what sucks is if you were the Hurricanes and you were down and that's how that game was getting called, that's infuriating. Um, it was a but, 
it was Craig Smith who uh, um, got the penalty. But my point was just like the the idea of Tony of all people being like, "Yo, Vinny, calm down. We keep emotions in line." It's just it was just fucking like great times. And I, I think too, and I said this after the game in our game six kind of like preview or whatever, that people made a really big deal out of Tony game five, kind of getting into it. Um, I don't think that that ever was a big deal. I think, look, when you write about Tony D'Angelo, like he, what people don't understand is that he's Martian, right? And I'm not talking about in terms of like ability or career or whatever, but they're the same player. Right, Trocheck is a similar, but not maybe not as like he's a lot mouthier than I think he is. Like kind of dirty, you know. But they're the same player. When he when he threw that stick and he was like, "Yeah, I literally didn't want to see the fucking goal come in. They can have the point." Like I, you know, people want to write what that is or whatever. That's fine. I don't. I don't think. I think stuff like that helps the team long term and. Um, I think the like, oh, Tony lost his cool was super overstated. I think he's been really in complete control the whole time he's been here. So, um, yeah, I thought he was good. Max Domi, who I thought had had a pretty good series so far, so much so that he got bumped to second line minutes, had himself a hell of a game. Yeah. The, Talk the first... about trade deadline acquisitions. God. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, and this is what we were, you and I, before going into the the playoffs, had talked about, like, well, this is kind of them hedging that you'll get one of Natchez or Domi, basically. And if both hit, then good fucking luck to the rest of the league. And if one hits, then you're kind of who you are, who you think, like, you are who you think you are kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I thought that was good. I don't, I I wasn't feeling overly confident. I felt good. Um, I mean, the Bruins are a really good team. I, I think the Bruins would have beat everybody in the first round, but us in Tampa, personally. And I don't think that means that, like, the only team that can beat us is Tampa or anything like that. I'm just saying I think they would have handled every other team, but – um, but Tampa and us. So I lo- I loved the vibes going into the game because people were all people wanted were these quotes about how a big game, what a big game this was, and whatever. And the Canes were just not giving it. They were like, like the, my favorite answer they give is like, this is why you play the regular season so you can have this game at home. And they yep. gave that quote basically in every way. Felt like it was our time. Wasn't an upset. Uh, to me, to be honest, it didn't even look like that. Like, I feel like for fans, it was a much bigger win than it was even for those Canes. Like, I like they clearly knew. Like, they knew that they were the better team. But basically, there was no way, even in this alternate universe where we couldn't steal a home game from uh, TD Bank or whatever the hell they call it now. Um, like, they were like, well, there's no way we're going to lose. So... Thought that was good. Um, I wanted to. We'll, we'll actually touch on that later. I don't. I don't think there's a lot to go over the game. People have already done that. Um, after a couple of things, I loved. A. 
I have like a, a long-standing rule personally, and you've seen this firsthand. There's a difference. Loud fans are not necessarily like good fans, and what I mean by that is I don't have a problem with Penguins fans or Buffalo fans or uh, Montreal fans, to be honest with you. And I, I don't. Ha- I'm not gonna like list off every fan base, but to me, those are teams that are gonna come into your building. They're going to be loud. They're going to chant win, lose, or draw, and they love their team. They're knowledgeable about their team. Like, it's their team, right? And then you have dickhead fans um, who aren't really there to have – it. like, their good time is not necessarily from their team winning. It's that your team is losing to their team, and now they get to ruin your fun. Uh, Caps fans are dickhead fans. Bruins fans are dickhead fans. Um, it's the group that's super quiet the whole game unless they're winning and then they'll never shut up. Uh, and then once they get embarrassed for overplaying their hand on every goal, then you start to get, you know, yeah, well, you know, we have eight cups or whatever. Right. So I thought the whole building did a good job of just bullying people (laughs) on the way out the door. Uh, that's the stuff I like to see. Um, got a lot of Boston sucks chance going. Bravo, fuck Boston. Perhaps, like, I just want to elaborate on that a little bit more because it's not just like people like, well, your team still sucks. Is that they will also come at you with like wrong information or like the most? The, it's just stupid comments like, oh yeah, name six players in your team. Dog, that's not hard. What are you doing? You need to make it a little bit more challenging. The best example that we'll ever have is we had another one, but it wasn't as severe. I don't know if you were there, but there was a Capitals game. And uh, so the four rows that sit next to me are not claimed, right? So I just get random people who sit immediately next to me, to my right. Um, And they were Caps fans, and they were awful and they had the Ovi jersey and all they bark 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 and they were going to war with people who sit in front of us and it was back and forth and then in the middle of the game the Caps who I don't basically spent the first two months kind of playing around like they might top three the Metro and then were firmly a wild card team for the rest of the year and then kind of snuck in to maybe be one once Pittsburgh got very hurt near the end. Um, but so the, the lady who sits in front of us, that's one of her go-tos. Like, hey, check the standings. Like, you might get this one, but, you know, we're still better. And she goes, we're still number one in the division, so fuck you. And then the two guys next to us, these Cavs fans, who are here really, again, trying to ruin everybody's um, good time. time. I mean, literally, Cavs score two goals, would not shut up. Kane score two goals, silence. And um, so these two guys, these Cavs fans, have the jersey, the hoodie. They've been running their mouth. They go, are they number one in the division? It's like, okay, it's kind of crazy that you don't know that. I was, was there for this now that I think about and it. Then yeah. They go, do they even play in our division? Yeah, I was here for that. 
for the yeah. entirety of the Carolina Hurricanes existing, that might not be true of their first year, but they played in the Southeast Division together. Now they play in the Metro together. There's been one year where that wasn't the case. And it was last year. It was the pandemic year. And I just remember being so, like, that's when it all, like, clicked for me. Where I was like, oh, like, because it's hard to explain. Like, Islanders fans aren't that way. Well, it's not even a, a more recent really bad one, too, is as we're leaving Game 7, one of the tropes is uh, congratulations getting out of the first round for the first time in six years. It's like, dude, what? That No. We weren't even in the playoffs six years ago, first of all. Second of all, yeah. we've made it out of the first round consecutively now. Come on. What was incredible, and again, when we talk about the lack of knowledge, what's incredible about that, too, is he should know that because they beat us in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah. They beat us in the bubble playoffs. So that he should, like, but doesn't know, doesn't care. Like, it's about coming and just, like, and I don't, I don't mean for this to sound, like, sexist, but everybody has a friend who has a wife who does not care about football but who loves the tailgate. So there'll be at games and like the finer points of what's going on or the rivalries, whatever, doesn't care. But every touchdown gets excited. You know, every interception gets excited. And that's that. Now imagine if you coupled that knowledge with the game and the like belligerent behavior of Boston sports fans. Yeah. What you get. What you get. It's also like the problem here isn't that they're not knowledgeable. This isn't like gatekeeping. It's that they run their mouths. And they're not knowledgeable. But it, hold on. But it is gate Like, people act like gatekeeping is this, like, incredible negative. No, no, no. But I'm not saying – we're not just picking – we're not like, yo, random Boston fan, you don't know anything. A random Boston fan will say something incredibly ignorant. Yeah. You, like, you could – like, it's incredible how, like, we were leaving the game and people got so triggered by scoreboard, just by scoreboard, that – I, I'm glad this series is over. I was always worried about this series. The Bruins are just one of those teams where they're just like, they're always kind of in the mix, you know, where they're a team that could beat anybody. Uh, I thought the Canes played well. I don't really have much more to say on the series. Yeah. I, w- I want to get into um, Rangers and then we'll get into our predictions. So the Rangers really get in by the skin of their teeth. Um, a series they were supposed to dominate too. Yeah. They were down three, one game five. Crosby gets hurt. Completely changes the momentum. Uh, game six, no Crosby game seven. Um, the helmet play happens. Panarin in overtime. Should have been a penalty shot as well. Like, one of the great what-ifs is if you're the Penguins, you take Keandre Miller on a penalty shot versus the Rangers power play 11 out of 10 times. And it, he, you could see the ref go to point to center ice, but the Penguins didn't get possession for the whistle, and they kept playing, and it was kind of just like, ah, fuck it. Um, we're, 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 we'll just give him a power play. So it's also, you, Pittsburgh was out playing the Rangers in Game 7. Like, it, it wasn't, like, on the stat sheet it looks that way, too. But if you, like, actually watched the game. Yeah, they lose in that controversial play where Lafreniere took off his helmet. 
I don't think he took his helmet off on purpose. No, of course not. Um, there's been this like really kind of annoying, like, well, he could have just put it on. I would pay money to watch every person who said that stand on skates in a playoff hockey game, pick up a helmet that the, the strap is still on and put it on their head. That would be what I like to call comedic gold. Yeah. Either way, he wouldn't have gotten it on in time to stop the play. So, and, and people and people don't love the rule, but we'll use. And this is what I was with the Brady Shea thing. Brady Shea's if it stick, so it's a penalty to play with the broken stick, right? Um, he made the decision to skate to the bench and get a new one versus stay. But if that wasn't the rule, he still could have lifted sticks and really played most of his defense without the without the blade. And the Bruins get a goal on that. That's just part of the game. Um, in the same way that, you know, weather affects football games and baseball games. And uh, I guess there isn't really a comp of basketball that I can think of, but equipment does break. Like it super duper breaks. And um, I, I don't know. I, I think there's a big overreaction to that. You coughed up two two goal leads, and then you coughed up the lead with five minutes left. So it is what it is. I do want to next kind of just go over. So you get the Rangers. This is another team. You know, with the Bruins, I felt like the throw the regular season out the door trope was kind of whatever. Like I, I don't normally agree with that, but it, it Boston had played so much better since we played them. I think we were done playing Boston in like January. If I recall. And we yeah, was playing... And then with the Rangers, we had seen them in this kind of final form with Andrew Kopp and Petrano. So series in the regular season, three one canes. You had that six three win that was with Gorgiev. I don't know if people remember, but randomly Gallant chose it was two different not Metro matchups where they went Shosturkin and then against us went Gorgiev. And uh, they, I mean, one that got blown out, the other, I believe it was 6 3. Might have been, yeah, I think it was 6 3. It, it was 5 2. And then, um, and then they, Gorgiev plays the game of his life. Uh, for the Rangers win that. And then you get, you got a 4-2 win in New York with Ronta. Then you got the 4-3 Kochekov win late to seal it up. I wonder if we'll look back at, at that happening the way it did. If they start Gorgiev, there's a lot more on the line in those last two games. Because that's a, that's a four-point swing, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I do think I think home ice advantage will matter. Not so much. And we're gonna talk about Madison Square Garden here in a little bit, but um what are your thoughts going to the matchup? What what we'll do is I'm gonna like list like forward groups, you know, goalie stuff like that. And you just kinda your thoughts, who wins and why. And we'll start with the forwards. Honestly, it's gonna be the same for all three sets except goaltending because we don't really know what our goaltending is yet. But it's just going to be keep on keeping on. Like, I have 
in the forward group, I guess I would enjoy Svetch and Aho doing more. But at the end of the day, when our secondary is going as good as it is, Max Domi carried us in Game 7. Teo Vining has been there the entire time. Trocek is there. Nita Ryder's been on top. Jarvis is there. Like, I don't know if I have any complaints about that at all. Yeah, the Ford group will be interesting because... So if you look, and they do a lot of mixing and matching, but that... Kreider, Zabinijad, Vetrano, uh, Panarin, Cop, and what's his name? The one with the brother. Strom. Ryan Strom. Um, that, that's a really good top six. I think our first line versus their first line is pretty close. Ours is probably better both ways. Theirs has probably a little more finish. Top line to top line. The We'll just call the top line the Kreider, Sabinajad, Petrano line. Um, and the, but where it becomes an issue, and this is a little bit like the last round, where Panarin is statistically, like we'll, we'll say analytically, their best forward by a lot, and he's going to see a lot of your second line. So I think you, even if it wasn't Panarin, even if it was... Kreider on the second line, which I don't think will happen. They like to keep uh, like Panarin is just a problem, right? And I don't know this will be a lot like last series where whoever second line is the better line is probably going to win. Um, I think outside of that, their, their, their third line is young. It, I don't think it can even begin to keep up with the the third line or our fourth line to be honest and then their fourth line is basically unplayable it's tyler mott and then two guys who don't or shouldn't get a lot of playoff ice time i think so i i think i ultimately would lean hurricanes when it comes to the forwards but the the trick with them is that they didn't play i think the penguins are a worse version of the Hurricanes, um, and they were hurt as well. And so they're like, they have slightly less depth, and in return, they have Sid Crosby. And maybe their defense isn't as good, but they have Sid Crosby, right? And maybe their goaltending is not as good. And I, that team really missing a lot of those pieces were up 3 1 and then had a two goal lead, game five, game six, and then had a lead late in game seven so is that because their big four didn't show up or is that because of how the penguins play which is pretty structured which is how we play i don't know i think that'll be if if they show up and play like they did against the penguins and then just hope for the best and for some lapses they're fucked they're really fucked so i think i'm gonna go hurricanes forwards Here's the dope part about our defense, too, is not only is Jacob Slavin the best defensive defenseman in the fucking league, hands down, don't care, argument over. You know, Tony D'Angelo and Slavin are both tied for the most points this playoffs for our roster at eight. So that defensive pair has a total of 16 points in seven games. Yeah, they've been really good. I thought Slavin in game seven, and we'll talk about the defense next. Um 
I thought Slavin. I thought Tony D'Angelo was the best player for the Canes through the series, probably. Uh, but I thought Jacob Slavin just fucking took over in Game I mean, Seven. He does that. Like I think we've reached the point, and like I feel this way about the Pesci Shea pairing as well, where um, we've reached a point with these guys where they're just not as good during the regular season as they were a couple of years ago. And I think that's because they want to be extra special good. Like I think killing themselves in the regular season is, and not that they don't play hard, but that extra gear, I don't think it gets broken out on every game where they're up a goal with 10 minutes to go in the regular season anymore. I think it gets busted out here. Yeah. I thought that Shea Pesci parent did really well, all things considered against the Bruins. So, um, but when we look at the defense, right, you'll have, so for the Rangers, Adam Fox is Adam Fox, right? He is, again, analytically by far the best player um, or best defenseman in the series. Their issue is that outside of him, it's not, great and he's not that much better than um slavin and tda the adam lindgren pairing i don't they had real problems lindgren is very hurt they had real problems last series trying to is that what's up they had real problems last series without him adam fox is not very good defensively yet he is not a very physical player he just has incredible vision in the hands of a god Right, that's why he is who he is. Um, second pairing, the I like Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller actually reminds me a lot of Jacob Slavin. I think they'll end up being. I don't think it, it's hard to say someone will be as good as Jacob Slavin, but it's like a hard nosed, high IQ, not overly physical, but will also fuck you up if you're not careful. Good stick, and will occasionally give you a little offense out of nowhere. So. Um, I don't think the Miller-Truba pairing is anywhere near as good as the Shea-Pesci pairing. If you're the Canes, you're, that's where you need to feast, is that Truba-Miller pairing, because the, the Rangers' third pairing is also more or less unplayable. So I think while the forwards was pretty close, I think an injury to either side would like, like – to me it's like 51-49 – Adam Fox is Adam Fox, Norris winner. Round of applause. Uh, used to have a beef with him because of how things went here. He signed the big deal there. I respect that. Followed through. Outside of Adam Fox, they really don't have anybody I'm worried about. I think it's heavily Canes on defense. Yeah. But, okay, so I guess we're transitioning to the goaltending one, and I don't even know if it's fair to talk about a goaltending because realistically – do you have any idea who's going to start game three? Like, I realize it's a I stupid way to phrase it, but don't think this is like a Wesley like read, and it, this is really more gut than anything. I don't think we'll see Freddie, and if we see Freddie till the conference finals, I think a lot of this has been through very trusted media sources. We've gotten the like, yep, he'll. Be back in the middle of game five or round one. And now we're getting, oh, he'll be back in the middle of round two. But then when you ask Rod about it, you get the, I'm not talking about it until he practices. 
So to me, that's not a player who's super close. So we're, here we are Tuesday morning. Freddie Anderson is still not practice. Do you think he was going to go from not practicing to game three Saturday in New York? Do you think you can put Freddie Anderson in a conference final games after not playing the hockey for over a month? Yeah, maybe. I think that's different when you start the series. He may not be able to play, period. Like, it might not be worth it to play him, period. If his knee blows up, like, if he plays again, I, I, I think – all I'm saying is I think there's a lot of gamesmanship with – because we keep getting these conflicting reports, right, where – I rem- do you remember round one that Freddie could play? But it was like, well, he might be able to play, like, game three or four. Yeah. And then, I mean, was not close, obviously, to being able to do that. And now we're getting kind of the same thing, like, oh, you know, game three, maybe game five in Carolina. Maybe that'd be a really good place to start them. Um, so I don't – we may not see Freddie again. Uh, the difference between Ronta and Shesterkin will be interesting. I think in the playoffs they've been pretty similar outside of – so Shesterkin had that game one where he was incredible, did not play well, but the Rangers also weren't helping him at all. At all, at all. I watched. He gave up four in the first, and I mean, it, could, it should have been twelve. He was just under siege. They obviously win the goaltending. Um, I don't think it's as drastic as people think. I think people are acting like it's the difference between Adam Fox and Ian Cole or something like that, right? Where to me, it's like should start like Ronta's playing like a top fifteen, top ten goalie, and Shesterkin has the ability to regularly play like the best goalie on the planet Earth, which he I don't think he is, but I think he did play at that level this year. If that makes sense. No, it, it does make sense, but it would be interesting to see how he recovers from that first round because you're 100 percent right that he got broken in that blowout game, the fourth game I guess of the series, and they hit. A couple posts on him too in that game seven. So I I don't know they they win that right uh, e- easily too. Like I, would you take Shostakin over Ronza? Duh. I mean, but, is it my money or someone else's money? Like, but I'm just saying that I think it's it, people are acting like it's like a David versus Goliath. It's like. Goliath versus the Persians or something <laughs> like it's, it, it, it's you don't have to like squint to see it like you could see how it gets there and then the last thing I want to touch on is special teams I think you can throw kind of the power play numbers from the postseason out the door until the conference finals and I'm, I'm going to choose to do that I don't know if it favors I don't think we had a good power play in the uh, we did not. Season. I don't know if that matters all too much. The the Bruins have a good PK. I would. I think the Bruins PK naturally counters what the Canes do better than the Rangers. Like the Rangers are not going to block a million shots. Yeah, if, they are. If I was worried about anyone's PK, it was the Pins, and the Rangers already took care of that for us. So, yeah, like I I I just think that um. And our the penalty kill too. I don't think its numbers look great right now, 
but it also had a lot of five on threes and a yeah. lot of penalties. I think when it needed to, I think it looked great when it needed to a lot. Yeah. I would agree with so, that. But their, their power play is much better than Boston's as well. The, the, I think the Rangers' power play, I would probably take it over any power play in the league, even over the Leafs. Because Chris Kreider is a real different – at least this year, he is a real, real, real fucking difference maker. So this is I, – I just want to touch on this before we um... – move on was we I talked about before the playoffs started could you imagine if we had to play Boston uh, Rangers Tampa Colorado and that's still a really big possibility Um, and at this point half it's clearly true and these these four max home games for this round are going to be rough Um, there was Rangers fans probably bring the most uh, to PNC, and there's uh, on a side point the storyline. What do you mean, about, bring the most? Like, don't bring, this, don't bring most... that up yet. I want to talk about it later. Huh? The the tickets? Yeah, yeah. But okay, well, okay, we'll talk about that at the end then. But like, uh, normally, the mix of away fans is highest with the Rangers. I would say. See, I don't know if that's. Uh, I, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't. I'm not saying that you're wrong. That that may end up being true. But I think there's something of an Ouroboros effect where, uh, like, people don't take their kids to Rangers night because their fans are toxic and awful. And, like, do you remember that Rangers night this year where that guy was there with his mom and his girlfriend and tried to start fighting people? 100%, yes. Why would you bring your kids to that? Which which no other fan base has done, at least not in front of me. I, I've broken up fights. Like, I've broken up multiple fights. They've all been Rangers games in my life. So I think there's something to be said for... So there were a lot of Rangers fans, right? So people go, and win, lose, or draw, they have a bad time. Imagine winning, and fans are so toxic and awful that you don't even have a good time. Or, and when I mean a good time, you could go and be belligerent and shitty to them back. I don't mind doing that. But would you take, like, your wife or girlfriend? I used to not take my wife Marisol, like we started going to single games. I wouldn't take her to Rangers games at first because I was like, I don't want her to like know that these people exist in hockey. Yeah, it's definitely so, a tough one to be like, no, so it's like garbage. I, I think that the Rangers presence is overstated, but it just creates it's like an Ouroboros, right? Where because they're awful, it's like, why would you go and deal with a Rangers fan on a Tuesday? And, there are, and for the record, there are good Rangers fans. Like, this isn't all like an attack on the Rangers, but they're also like this like ignorant buffoons who don't watch any games, who show up out of nowhere and have this, that, and the third. They've won one cup in 80 years. There's a very real chance that your grandfather has never seen a Stanley Cup in his life, active listeners of the show. That's crazy, right? They have one cup, and and they act like they're God's gift to earth. Like, they suck. They suck. They're awful fans. They're not my least favorite fans to deal with. I'm so well-versed in New York sports that I will fucking drill you. But they might be the worst fans in hockey. Legitimately. Uh, The funny part is, I see that all over the place. Like, 
those Boston fans right now, it's like, I guess I have to go for Carolina because you can't cheer for the Rangers because their fans are awful. Like, you understand how toxic your fan base has to be for Boston to be like, I guess Carolina then. Like, they're just so unbelievably ignorant. And there's no, like, whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> what I'm getting at is I don't think their fans can come if they live in the area. We'll, we'll touch on that a little bit. Let's get into predictions. Canes, Rangers, you go first. Canes in six. Okay. I'll take Canes in five. Wait, wait, wait. Are we going to summarize our points from round one after this? Yeah, you could, you could summarize why you think they'll win in six. Points from round one. Like, who's leading? We could do that first. Well, okay. So you think the Canes in six, right? All right, I'll take the Canes in five. We will look back. I have it all written down here. Um, we both took the Canes. I took it in five. He took it in six. That's one apiece. We both took the Pins in seven. Um, no go. I I was on the record that if the Canes, Leafs didn't win game six, the, the Lightning were going to win game seven. That happened. That's three for you. We both took Panthers in five. That's one for you. You took Avs in four. I took Preds in seven. Uh, per the gentleman's agreement, um, you're only going to take the two for hitting the games because I would have taken. Um, yeah, yeah. I would have taken. And we both took Calgary in six. No bueno. You took Oilers in six. I took Kings in six. No love there. Uh, wait, I mean, wait, you just wait, went... wait, wait. What do you mean no bueno? We both get a point for Calgary. Whatever. Like, to me, it doesn't matter. You took the Oilers. I took the Kings. You were absolutely – you went chalk on every prediction. You took Wild in seven. I took Blues in six. I get three there. So you have one, four, five, seven, eight, nine. I have one, two, five, six. So it's nine to six, you. We'll see if you keep going chalk here. So here are the matchups for tonight. We open with... People are all over... I don't think that series is – it's th- – there's obviously a lot of, like, hate there and a lot of history, and it's Canada, and the building's going to be super into it. Um, but with Dreisaitl hurt, I don't know, man. And I get there's no Tanev for the, uh, for the Flames, but I don't know, like – I don't know. I, I think that one might be done soon. But Tampa, uh, to me, Tampa, Florida is like the battle. The battle. I would actually disagree with that. I think you saw Tampa get cut for the first time since their run, like really cut. And um, I think the Panthers also the the Caps did a lot to show they could be beat. I I don't know who's going to win that series. I'll let you predict first. Been six. Tampa six. Yeah, I. To be honest, my mind, my my brain tells me that Florida is going to win in six. I think you're an absolute fool if you vote against t- like Tampa right now as well. So I'm going to yeah. Like my only thought process here is the the Capitals had a chance and Leafs, Leafs, excuse me. The Leafs no, are a much, no much better point. team. Hurts. Kucherov was a no-show for most of that round. Yeah. Um, I don't know. 
you know, I'm what? not saying the storyline isn't there. Florida could definitely win. I'm going to take Panthers and six. six. I'm going to take Panthers and six. I don't feel great about that one, but I'm behind, so I need the points. Plus, I, I think that series could go either way. I have no idea. How bruised are the Lightning? At, like, they're not robots. Like, at one point, Vasilevsky is going to let a couple in. You know? Yeah. When one happens. When that happens. And then, uh, Blues Avalanche. I'll probably go Avs in five. Okay. I'm going to go Blues in seven. Wow. I feel very good about the Blues tonight, who had a good series, played well, had it go a couple games. There's questions about their goaltending that I don't love. They're getting healthy at the right time. I think their defense is one of the few that can really kind of match what the Avs do. I think that their forward group, they don't, they're a little bit like us where they don't have a true, like, I don't think O'Reilly or uh, Tarasenko, Tarasenko, who had a bounce back year, who I wanted very badly. I don't think they match the, like, super high-end star power, but they're a fucking wagon. I think the Blues I think the Blues are very good. I think there are four, anything can happen. I think there are four teams who I could see winning the Cup at this point. Avs, Blues, Panthers, and us. So, um, this is a big battle. Okay, I'll take the Blues in seven. With Calgary and the Oilers, this is literally just uh, like little kid Colin, but uh, Oilers in seven. Because how cool would it be for a rematch? Not that I'm putting that out in the ether, but I guess I kind of am. Yeah, I worry about the Oilers. The um, Mike Smith has been good, not great, and he's forty. That um, again, no tan of hurts for Calgary, but I mean, Drysaddle looked like shit in Game Seven, and like round of applause to him. Like I don't mean that as an attack. I mean the guy played hockey on one leg and was still like an effective NHL player. But if there, if you had a hope. In this series, if you were the Oilers, it was that um, Dreisaitl and McDavid would be such a problem and that you'd get Game 7 McDavid that we saw where he was – that's the best individual effort I've ever seen in a hockey game in my life that I've just, like, watched. It was incredible. Um, I don't worry about – there's a little bit of worry about maybe the finish in Calgary. I just think that's the way that – the stars play they are a little top heavy but i mean i think this might be calgary in five i'm gonna say six because i think Connor mcdavid will steal i think they'll steal a home game which most playoff teams do and then you'll get Connor mcdavid will go god mode again and they'll steal one at edmonton so i'll go flames in six okay so do you have something else you want to talk about, or do you want to get straight into this ticket bullshit coming out of New York? I want to hear you tell it, and then... I mean, I'm going to tell it on a very... Uh, no, okay. So actually, and this happens every time 
we play against New York in some fashion. There is a storyline created that is uh, slanderish, slandered, slanderish, slandering. I don't know. It, it insults the Hurricanes. Yeah. And you just slander. You don't slander, slam, slander. You just slander something. It would be well, this is just slander. The podcast for these grammar lessons. You're welcome, everyone. Yeah, I t- I took one for the team today. But you just um, slander people. They come out with these uh, stories that are full of slander. Um, and I mean, there's always going to be these storylines. It used to be, you know, we just don't have fans. Uh, we don't belong in the league. The, the team needs to be moved, whatnot. And then we got better, and different storylines have come out. On, I mean, the war cheap storyline comes straight from New York, um, forever ago, like forever and ever ago. But I came straight out of New York, and then the newest uh, story is that Carolina won't let out-of-state fans buy tickets, which is first of all not true, and second of all, like really not true, and third of all, like stupidly not true. So hold on, hold on, hold on, because I want to touch on this again. I'm a. It actually breaks my heart that it's Howie Rose and SNY perpetuating this. I'm a lifelong Mets fan. I, I literally am like, I, I have the Mets doubleheader on right now. Um, so it's been a problem in New York for years, for a decade, basically. And you'll see these stories come out every three or four years where uh, they ha- like ticket brokering is still a like very legitimate profession in New York City. Maybe not legitimate active active profession because you have a ton of tourists you have a gajillion things that require tickets and you have broadway and you have all the sports and you have all these concert halls it's a whole thing right so ticket brokering has been a thing forever and it has crippled new york sports for a very long time you'll you'll see a story like i was saying every three or four years where somebody gets uh like they come down on some company or another for tens of millions of dollars for buying up ticket prices jacking them through the roof because of the nature of New York, somebody will pay it. And then they make out like bandits. Yeah. Uh, typically they always get caught for using bots. So they use bots. Um, they're very rarely in States. This, this is something Yankees attendance is down this year, even though they're one of the top four teams in baseball. And a lot of that is being pinned on brokers. Brokers make it super hard. They're not good for anybody. They're not good for the team because what happens, how most of these brokers make their money is I would buy hurricane season tickets and sell them at a slight loss, right? All year. And then the second round starts. And if the ticket's $100, I'm selling it for 150 And heaven forbid they make the cup, right? Or the Rangers. Well, we'll say I'm just a New York guy. The Rangers make the cup. Well, I'm going to beat you over the fucking head. And that's always how this is done. Um, to my point, why it's bad for the, the team is that they, like, it, it, it's worse both ways, where fans have a kind of skewed vision of what ticket prices are because they're sold at this slight loss. They don't make any of the, the buco bucks on the back end on the resale, right? So they don't love that either. It hurts attendance because you have guys who I remember reading an article a couple of years ago, maybe it was this year. I don't remember, but the Yankees attendance is down, even though they're very good. And one of the things they've talked about is that 
I think they quoted a guy who lived in Chicago who had 30 Yankees tickets, or maybe it was 15, a ton. He sells them for five bucks and he can sell about half of it. So if you're the Yankees, you sold out, right? And for all the like Law Bruins or Canes fans, no fans, the the Rangers did not sell out either game against us with the Metro on the line. Which is funny because we sold out a snow game against them in Raleigh. So yeah. They like this is just what Rangers fans do is they suck. Nobody cares. The broker thing is not good. We've all seen the picture from what's his name. The Yankees who are being affected by this also do geocaching or filtering or whatever the hell. Yeah. To make sure this doesn't happen. Because it's the bad for everyone. For a few seasons now. But the, the better part is it's not like you have to live in North Carolina. We limit it to like our surrounding states. That's so. the gross part too, because I've been like it like I follow the S and Y Twitter on my like private like I'm a huge Mets fan. So first, the story broke. I I wish I had screenshotted it. I should have. But the story broke, and they were like, oh, well, you have to live within X miles of Raleigh to be able to buy a ticket. And then it had the exact quote where it's North Carolina, South Carolina, and Southern Virginia. It's it's actually even more than that. Uh, um, You can get it in parts of West Virginia, too, and more than just South Virginia. Like, there was more options. Yeah, the, the issue here is not Rangers fans. The idea that, like, the Kings don't want other fans, we just played the Bruins. Yeah. They don't care. Tom Dunnan has never cared. But he just wants the money. Like, he's just what, yeah. the revenue. What they do care about is, like, it's, it's bad for the team. I guess it's neutralish for the team, except for that it doesn't build, like, the fan base, right? You just have empty seats. Because, like, there are not going to be a ton of Rangers fans there anyway. Just like there weren't a ton of Bruins fans. Because most of your playoff tickets go to season ticket members. Um, so, and then for the fan, you just get fucked because all these tickets are gone. And if you're a, a guy who goes to you know, five or six games a year and maybe you want to make a playoff game, now you're getting ripped, which is bad. So, like you said, a lot of this, this is just like New York media is tired and old. SNY particularly I was, I was actually joking around with a buddy about this where like you can see the end of media because that story is obviously a lie. It's not, it's, it's so mischaracterized. That story is exclusively shared for them to send it to their like, you know, cousin Tony. I'm like, Oh, look at these fucking, what did Howie Rose call it? Hillbilly. Imagine calling for the Mets. Imagine the season after Jose Reyes chokeslams his wife through a glass door and you ask Mets fans to be patient with him. Imagine turning around and calling any other franchise Bush League. Fuck you, Howie Rose. No. That is that First sound. of all, the hillbilly shit was just uncalled for. Like, yeah. go fuck yourself. Howie but Rose also... was so lazy that uh, Wayne Randazzo has to call at least two innings every game when, he does, when he's on the radio for the Mets, which is most of the time because Howie Rose is a bum. As, Fuck it's you, not even that. Rose. You remember two years ago when Tampa escorted fans out of the building for wearing an away jersey? Like, what are we doing here? I don't like. I don't. It doesn't have to be about other franchises. This is about lazy. I don't care if the Rangers sweep the Kings. This does no. not make New York media like. They My suck point is that a dinosaur. It, it makes it look like. Oh, look at these fucking savages! Like, wh- who does this? Like, the, first of all, this is not the worst practice in the league at all. Second of all, it's not a bad practice at all. And third of all, like, the, the fuck was the point of this? Like, yeah, the point is, is that they don't know anything about the team because nobody follows them. Like, it's just casual. They're not 
like Rangers, and there are real Rangers fans for sure, for sure. But by and large, the vast majority of their fans, of which they have many, many more than Carolina Hurricanes fans, the vast majority of their friends are hyper casual. They'll they'll know who Panarin and Sabinajad are. They'll, they'll know who Kreider is this year, and they'll know Shostarkin. That's it. That's what they do. And what like stop if you've heard this before. They're going to show up and be awful and toxic. And then if they lose, they're going to fly silently into the night. So it doesn't just an all time bad take by S and Y. Everybody has killed them for it. The New York people are going to be the New York people. Like it's so incestuous. Like they're all just going to be like, yeah, yeah. Did you see my like uh, Mike Ranelli from Spit and Shitlets like retweeted a like, oh, I thought the Canes were this big, bad, edgy troll team and now other teams can't come. I was like, damn, I should have uh, should have borrowed that uh, Bruins strategy for round two of not going. <laughs> no, I didn't see that. Yeah, fuck them. Yeah, th- this is like this is such a like hack job, and you can, like S and Y is such garbage, bro. It's always been garbage. I um I for a month bought S and Y once because I wanted a the Mets, b I wanted the pre and post game, and. I, I mean, I canceled it after a month because it's unwatchable. So, damn. Everybody, like, th- this ticket thing is such fake news. It's because they don't, it's because there's nothing else going on. Like, they cannot drum up any excitement for this series because if you look at it logically from every angle, it's Canes and five. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100% agree. That was, what, what are they supposed to do? Yeah. Like, oh, we're dominant. Oh, really? Because we won this season series. We outscored you by like six goals. Yeah, like come it, on, it's fine. It's whatever. I, again, I, I, part of me feels bad because of the like former like, like I said, I'm very in tune with New York sports. I mean, I'll. Were you there that that last game before the the Rangers game before the bubble, where the Canes were down big, and I just started undressing. New York sports for like Yeah, which is funny because you're a fan of New York sports. It's always great for me. I'm not even like, I killed the Mets. I killed the Giants. Like, uh, you don't have to kill the Knicks. They're already dead. Like, I have Nets material. Like, I'm coming. Like, you can come and be shitty. Like, let's run it. It's good. But, yeah, Canes and five. Fuck the Rangers. And, like, maybe this angers the sports gods. I don't care. I have legitimate fear in my heart about the Bruins. I really did. That's a good team. This Rangers team is not good. This Rangers team is mad overrated. Mad overrated. And, and, you know, to be honest, it's not like we're saying this at the start of this series. We've been saying this for a while now. This is not a new I'm take I'm on the us. record saying that, yeah, like, basically, they were a borderline playoff team, and they're getting the best year of Chris Kreider's life that will never happen again. Which is, and, is already starting to dip, by the way. And when Shesterkin, I, I mean, he had five goals first round. He can still play. But when Shesterkin played, like, a top five goalie instead of the best goalie in the league, they gave up seven goals. So, yeah, he played better, I guess, in game seven. I don't think he looks stupendous. And, I mean, maybe we get goalied four games in a series. Maybe it happens. I don't know. But all I'm going to say is I do not possess fear in my heart over this one. That part. So. Anything else? Um... Yeah, I don't think I have anything. Uh... Do you think it's inappropriate to have Trip Tracy come and ring the horn once he's good? I think if Trip Tracy is ready to come back, you let him come back. I don't think you can have him do radio. 
Like, I wouldn't have him work. Yeah, no, 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 no. But I would, I'd have him back around the fans. Yeah, I'd have him do the horn. Do you think it would be inappropriate to have Forslund come do it? I don't think he would, but do you think it would be inappropriate if he did? <laughs> um, no. I think it would be really good fan service, but I know that Forslund is too bitchy about the situation to ever do it. Yeah, he won't do it. Okay. Do you, think, mean, do you yeah. think they could get Coach K to do it? I'm honestly shocked that they never were like I've never seen Coach K sound the siren, has he? Like I don't think I mean he's just gonna get booed. I mean the Demon Deacon guy came out. Like, come on. No, that's different though. Like maybe you could have Shire come out. Honestly, but... I'm hoping they're saving the really good like horn guys for later rounds, because like we Cam Ward lives locally. Eric Cole lives locally. Like, we have guys who we could get, and we randomly had. Well, like, I this... think they should be like, I would have fucking like Lonzo Ball come in, and I would have fucking uh, like Kimba Walker if he'll come. He probably won't, but like, what's Luke Keekly up to? Fair enough. I would send out all the invites. Like, Elon yeah. Musk, what you up to? Want fucking what? free tickets? Yeah. I-, I-, I like the direction where it's gone, where like, yeah, it's get like, I like sending it to everyone and just like seeing who's interested. Seeing what happens. Getting yeah. like, like that. Remember that equestrian guy who was there? Yeah. I, he's like, I like found him on Twitter. He's super into the Hurricanes. What's his name? Uh, John Eisner, the tennis yeah. guy. I'd love to. I'd love to have him come in if we come in. Okay. So well, I think that wraps us. Uh, so go Canes, Oslo Ego. We'll talk to you after game one. Well, I'll see you Thursday. That part. Bye. Yes.